The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about love. And I have this wonderful New York Times bestseller right here in front of me that I've been reading and I just love it. It's called Love for No Reason. Seven Steps to Creating a Life of Unconditional Love, and that's by Marcy Shimoff. And let me tell you a little bit about her if you don't know about her. She is a best-selling New York Times author and a world-renowned transformational teacher. And as an expert on happiness, success, and unconditional love, Marcy has inspired millions of people around the globe. And she shares her breakthrough methods for personal fulfillment and professional success in this great book. And she introduces a revolutionary program to live in a deep and lasting state of love. She's also the bestseller of Happy for No Reason, Seven Steps to Being Happy from the Inside Out. And she is also the author of six titles in the successful Chicken Soup for the Woman's Soul. And she also was the host of the PBS television special called Happy for No Reason, and she's a featured teacher in the international film and book sensation, The Secret. So you can learn a lot more about her at thelovebook.com. But we're really thrilled to have her on. So hi, Marcy. Hi, thank, Mari. Thank you for joining us. You know, I did a PBS television special as well. So that's oh, kind of that, What was yours on? Mine was called um, Identity Theft, Protecting Yourself in the Information Age. And it was mm-hmm. a 90-minute special with my books and, you know, the pledge thing. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was great. great. Okay, so why don't you, t- I, I got to tell you, I really, this is resonating with me, this book. It's great. So why did you write Love for No Reason? Well, I had just finished a book called Happy for No Reason, which was about how you could experience more uh, unconditional happiness in your life, how you could really live more in the state of peace and well-being, inner peace and well-being. And as I wrote, wrote that book, I interviewed a lot of people uh, who were happy. And I asked them what they did to be happier, and I started applying the principles that I was learning, and it worked. And so um, I, I, after Happy for No Reason came out and it was a lot of people, it was helping a lot of people, I thought I did some soul-searching and thought, what do I want more than happiness? You know, what is really, what could I ask for that would be more important than happiness? And there was only one answer, love. I think it's the only thing that trumps happiness. 
And so I decided that I would do the same thing for love for no reason. I would go out and I would interview people who were living in a state of love. And I'd find out what is it that they did that allowed them to live that way. And uh, that's what I came up with in Love for No Reason, is I came up with the 14 main love keys that allows people to live in this amazing way. Now, how did you find those people? Well, some of them would be people I would come across in my travels. I've been traveling all over the world speaking for the last many years, and, and sometimes I would just be sitting on the airplane next to somebody who just exuded this, this feeling of, of, of expansion and love, and you could just feel it. And I would ask them, what's, what's, you know, what are you doing? How do you do that? And then some of the time that I put it out a request, um, invitation on my website and through various means in the Internet, and I would ask everybody I know, who's the most love-filled person you know? And, um, and, I, I, and then I also interviewed scientists who've studied love. And I want to be really clear. I'm not talking about relationship love though it affects your relationships for sure. I'm talking about living in a state of what I call love for no reason, which means an inner state of love that doesn't depend on a person or a situation or a romantic partner. And, you know, Mari, if you think about it, the times in your life when you've been the most fulfilled, they've been the times when you were either falling in love or you were feeling, you were maybe watching a beautiful sunset and you were just, you know, you were feeling love. Your heart was open. And I thought, well, I don't want to feel that just when I'm falling in love or looking at a sunset. I want to feel that all the time. And that's what I was looking for. I was looking for people who were able to maintain that state. That doesn't mean that you don't also get upset or get frustrated or, or sad, but it means that you still have this backdrop of love. Right. And, and I love it. You started out with Emmett Fox's poem, about that there is no difficulty that enough love will not conquer, and it goes on and on. And I, I've always loved that poem, so I thought when I opened the book, I said, I, oh, my gosh, this is absolutely fabulous. Well, you know, what I found is that love really is the one thing that changes everything. So if people come to me with problems in their finances, or if people come to me with problems in their relationships, or with their health, or in any area, really, if you could raise your what's called your love set point, and we'll talk about that, then anything would, uh, it will really affect everything. And, and so you gave a little teaser on Emmett Fox's quote, so I feel like I kind of have to yeah. share that with everybody <laughs> because they're going to be wondering, what is that? So let me just read that to you. It's a great yes, quote. it is. I love it. It says, there is no difficulty that enough love will not conquer, no door that enough love will not open, no gulf that enough love will not bridge, no wall that enough love will not throw down. It makes no difference how deeply seated may be the trouble, how great the mistake. Sufficient realization of love will resolve it all. Yeah. If only you could love enough, you would be the happiest and most powerful being in the universe. I know. I love that. I love it. So right now, with so many people out of work and the economy as it is and the challenging times and all the craziness, you know, how do you suggest that people focus on love in the midst of such a time? Yeah, so many times people say to me, I can't think about this. That's like a friend, you know, that's just like a bonus thinking about love. I've got to pay the bills. Right. And what I have to say is that actually this will help you pay the bills. Now, that may sound like a, a stretch, but it's not. The research has shown that people who are happier and who experience more love are not only healthier, they're one-third less likely to get sick, 
They live on average nine years longer. Their relationships are better, but they're also more successful. They make on average a million dollars more over the course of their lifetime. So this is actually, you know, this is really the way to, you can't afford not to be dealing with this. Because if you try to fix everything else in your life, it, it, it's, it's harder than if you go right to the root of it, which is experiencing more love. And I'm not talking airy-fairy. I know this can sound incredibly airy-fairy. I'm actually talking science. This is grounded in science. And there are, I'm going to share with you a couple of techniques and tools while we're in our time here together okay. that you can use to really experience more of the state of love. Okay. Do you want to do that right now? Sure. Let's go ahead and start with one of them. Okay. This is a tool that I learned from a group called the Institute of Heart Math. They're the world's leading researchers on the heart and how it affects our happiness and our well-being and our, our, our health. And this is a technique called the inner ease technique. What this does is it moves you from the stress response, which we all know what that is when you're stressed out and stuck in traffic and late for a meeting or whatever, and that causes conflict. It, 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 exactly. It moves you into what's called what Dr. Eva Selhub of Harvard calls the love response. And the love response has an entirely different neurophysiology. You've got different brain activity, different heart rhythms, different biochemistry. Different. You've got more endorphins and serotonin and all of that. So this little exercise that we're going to do, it's going to take about two minutes. Okay. It's going to move you more into the love response. And I'm going to invite everybody who's listening to do this along with us. But, Mari, you're going to be my guinea pig since I'm going to be able to get feedback from you, okay? Absolutely. All right. So at the end of two minutes, I'm going to ask you how, what your experience is. Okay. So the first step, and by the way, you can do this with your eyes opened or closed. I got I them closed. I think it's a little deeper when you go with yeah. your eyes closed. But you can do it no matter where you are, okay? Yeah. First step is to simply place the palm of your hand over your heart. Okay. Does it matter which hand? Nope. Okay. doesn't matter which hand. All right. Now... This simple act of placing your hand over your heart starts the flow of a chemical called oxytocin. And oxytocin is known as the love hormone because it's what we have when we feel more love bonded, bonding with, uh, with each other. So mothers have more oxytocin when they're breastfeeding or we have more oxytocin when we're making love. But just putting your hand on your heart stimulates the flow of oxytocin in your own system. Okay. Now the second step is to imagine that you are breathing in and out through your heart. So you can picture that or you can feel that, that your breath is coming in and out through your heart as though your heart is what's breathing in and out. And you'll notice that as you focus on doing that, your breathing will probably get more, more deep and slower. Yes. And now the third step on each in-breath Imagine that you are breathing in love, ease, and compassion. And your out-breaths are just normal, but on each inhale, take in love, ease, and compassion. And exhale normally. On the inhale, breathe in. Imagine or picture yourself breathing in love, breathing in ease, breathing in compassion. And on the next exhale, you can take your hand down and open up your eyes. And that was under two minutes, very short period of time. But tell me, Mari, how do you feel different now than you did just a couple minutes ago? 
Well, I feel like my breathing slowed down. I feel like a kind of a tingling in my body. And I feel serene. Am I talking slower? Yes, you are. <laughs> so am I. So those are very common experiences. People usually feel more at ease or balanced or um, at peace. Um, some people feel uh, a warmth in their heart or some sensations, like you said, tingling. Here's the, here's the interesting thing. That just started moving you towards the love response. And doing that once or twice isn't going to do much. But here's what will create a shift for you. If you do that two or three times a day for the next few weeks, you will start to make a habit of going into the love response. So it becomes more and more your default state. I've been doing this. I've been on about 300 interviews in the last couple of years. I do this every single interview. And now all I have to do is put my hand up to my heart and the whole, it, it starts the whole cascade of, of feelings. I, I, feel, I, I feel warmth throughout my body. I have this great sort of energy of love that I experience. So you become, it becomes habituated, and that's the idea. We want to change our every moment-to-moment experience so we're living more in this state of love. And it's not hard to do. You know, I love this because you can do this while you're standing in line at the grocery store or while you're sitting in a business meeting or sitting on the phone. I do this all the time. Yes. Nobody has to know that you're doing it. Right, right. It's just a, a quick thing that as soon as you put your hand there, you've, you've just been, it's like Pavlov's dog. You know, exactly. <laughs> you know that, that it comes back up. Yeah, no, it's terrific. And, and I'm a meditator, so I can really relate right. to all this. So. But you talk about, in, in your book, you talk about the love set point. Yes. Let's talk about that. So there's great research done on the happiness set point. In fact, some of the research has been done at UC Riverside by Sonia Lebermersky, and great research about how we each have a happiness set point. No matter what happens to us, whether it's good or bad, we will tend to return to that happiness set point. And there's a couple of dramatic examples of that. That is, um, people who, are, who win the lottery. Generally, they're happier for a couple of months, but within a year or so, they've returned to their original happiness set point. The same is true of people who become uh, paraplegic. Within a year or so, they generally return to their original happiness set point. So the set point is the key to our happiness. And the set point is 50% genetic. You're born with that. Mm. 10% your, um, your circumstances. And the other 40% is your habits of thoughts and behavior. And that's the real piece that you can do a lot about to shift your happiness set point. You change your habits of thoughts and behavior, and you change your happiness set point. Like, like raising the thermostat at home to get warmer on a cold day, you raise your happiness thermostat. We found the same is true with love. Now, it's not as, as deeply researched, but I think you can make a great parallel for it. And that is that we all have sort of an upper limit or a capacity in our ability to experience love. And then past that capacity, it becomes uncomfortable, and we do things to sabotage ourselves. You've seen people who start to get in a really great relationship, and it's more love than they're used to, and they can't handle it, and they sabotage it. Right. They don't think they deserve it. Exactly. So what I'm suggesting that we do is that we raise our love set point so that you have a greater capacity to both give and receive love. Mm, we are speaking with Marcy Shymoff, who is the author of this New York Times bestseller, Love for No Reason, Seven Steps to Creating a Life of Unconditional Love. And you're listening to KUCI, 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. 
So Marcy, in this book, For Love Note for No Reason, you outline seven doorways to unconditional love. So why don't we talk about those and give an example of each one and something we can do? Um, okay, we won't have time to go into examples of each one. I can quickly go through them all, and then I can circle back and tell you a great story and, and a little technique. Okay, that. sounds okay. perfect. All right. So um, the seven doorways to unconditional love, they actually correlate to the seven energy centers in our body. They're also called chakras. They're, they're just energy centers. And so if you're familiar with those, if you've done yoga, you may be familiar with these. So the first doorway is the doorway of safety. It's about being in the here and now, and that relates to the the root chakra. When we're able to feel safe, then we are able to open up to greater love. The second doorway is the doorway of vitality. It's about turning up the juice in life. It's about really feeling that love in the cells of your body. Mm. The third is the doorway of unconditional self-love. It's about loving yourself no matter what, really being able to experience love even if you aren't liking parts of yourself. The fourth is relating to the heart chakra. It's the doorway of openness. It's about living, giving, and receiving with an open heart. Then the fifth is the doorway of communication, which has to do with the throat area, and that is listening and speaking with compassion. The sixth is the doorway of vision, which is about seeing with the eyes of love, being able to perceive through the eyes of love. And then finally, the doorway of oneness, which has to do with feeling connected to the wholeness in life. And those are just a brief, uh, you know, kind of overview of, of the seven doorways. With each of those, I give specific tools and techniques that you can use to help open up that doorway and to experiencing more love. So um, shall I? Yeah, give an example. Okay. Um, one of the examples is, I'm trying to decide. I know that we don't have a lot. Of, uh, we're, yeah. not, we're only going to be able to go through one of these, so I'm trying to pick which one. Okay, I'm going to pick the one that I think is the most important. How's that? Alrighty. People ask me if there's one most important thing, what is it? And I would say that the fast track to unconditional love is forgiveness. Oh, Yes. And this has to do with the, um, the doorway of openness, the heart area. When we are angry and resentful and not, not forgiving, then we just, it just blocks everything. You know, I'll tell you, if people come to me with, with issues with money, I tell them to do forgiveness. They go, what? What does that have to do with my money issues? And I just say, try it. Give it a try and just let me know. Use your life as an experiment. And so I have found there are many, many techniques for forgiveness. But there's one in particular that I love using, and I'm going to share it with you now. It's called Ho'oponopono. Oh, yes, I know that. Go ahead. Isn't that great? <laughs> yes, yes. So for those of you who don't know it, the good news is that it's a lot easier to do than it is to say. Um, Ho'oponopono is based on a kahuna Hawaiian tradition um, of, uh, of forgiveness, and it, has to, it, it, it only involves four simple phrases that you say over and over again internally in your heart. And you say these phrases towards the person or situation that you have a lack of forgiveness with. And I'm going to share them with you right now. They are, I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. And let let me repeat those. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. 
you've got a pen and paper, write them down. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you have them in your book. Uh, they are in my book, yes, exactly. Yes. And all you do is you feel those towards the person or situation that you're, you're upset with. And let me share with you a story of how I used that in my life and what a dramatic shift came from it. I love it. Go ahead. So this is a story of, um, uh, that happened with my sister. Um, my sister and I got in an argument about three years ago, and we were so stuck, both of us, that we decided we weren't talking to each other. And this had never happened before in our lives, but it was really awful. And I dug in my heels, and I'm not going to give in. And Well, about three months into this, she and I um, had our whole family gathered to... Um, our whole family gathered to move our mother from her, our family home of 58 years to assisted living. Oh, and so the morning of the move, we all got together and unpacked her things. Well, I was the last one to arrive. And I greeted everybody hello, hugged and kissed them, except my sister. Mm. I ignored her completely. And it was a very tiny little space. So it was really weird because, you know, I had to... I had to avoid. I had to walk to the other side of the room to avoid making eye contact with her. Very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Well, after a couple of hours, this I was so um, uncomfortable that I decided to take a break and uh, go to the car. And on my way to the car, I remembered Ho'oponopono. So I sat in my car for about ten minutes, and I just did Ho'oponopono first on her and then towards myself. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. I'm sorry, please forgive me, thank you, I love you. Well, after about 10 minutes of doing this, I felt very, very different towards her. My, my, I just felt all this warmth coming over me. I felt this really, um, you know, I just felt great compassion for her. I realized that she wasn't mad at me for what had happened a few months earlier, but it was a lifetime of stuff. And so I just, I just, I, I, it just like dissolved. So what I did is I went back into the apartment, but I didn't say anything to anybody. I just proceeded to continue unpacking. Well, a couple of minutes into me being back, my sister came to me out of the blue completely. She took me by the hand and she said, come on, Marcy, I want you to go into mom's closet with me and we will um, unpack her clothes together. Mm. So I said, okay, great. That's cool. A couple hours later, an hour later, we're at lunch, and she hands me her baked potato. She says, here, Marcy, you like these more than I do. Have mine. Oh. I was so shocked. I pulled my brother aside. I said, what's going on? What did you say to her? He said, Marcy, we didn't say anything. We have no idea what happened. Well, Mari, that was the beginning of an entirely different relationship that I now have with my sister. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, it was so important that it happened when it did because nine months later, she and I found ourselves standing in that same closet of my mother's, but this time we were packing up her clothes because she had just passed away. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that would have been like had, um, you know, had, had, had you we didn't held have on that, that resentment. And right now, my sister has just been visiting me, helping me pack up my house as I'm planning to move. So, I mean, it's just, the reason I share that story is that everybody who's listening has someone in their life for whom they have some lack of forgiveness. So if, you know, if you could... Um, I just invite everybody to use their own story. I mean, use, use my story as perhaps some inspiration to them for, um, for trying it out in their own life. Yes, and what a release that was for you because, you know, as we learn about forgiveness, you give it up. You give up that resentment, and it hurt you. 
So look at how free you were and what a beautiful ending for you and your sister now to be so close. And I'm sure your mother was very, you know, as she passed on to just see her two daughters be able to be together in that process. Huge. It was absolutely a huge, huge transformation point. And, you know, I really believe that everybody has anger, resentment, lack of forgiveness, even towards themselves. Yes. So we can use this towards ourselves as well. You know, I think we live in a time where there are fabulous tools and techniques available to us that are simple. You know, that inner ease technique or this whole Pono technique. They're simple, but they're so powerful. And that's what people don't think it's going to work, but it really does. Exactly. Well, we have one last question for you, and okay. that is, you know, you were talking about self-love. Now, right. is it... You know, people think, oh, well, I don't want to be conceited. You know, right. I don't want to be like that. So why don't you just explain to them, to my audience, really, about loving ourselves and when we open our hearts, how we can be, you know, when we really love ourselves, we can really improve the other lives of people around us. Well, yeah, I'm often asked by people, is it selfish, you know, to want to experience more love? And the answer is, to me, it's the least selfish thing that you can possibly do because what we feel, there's a phenomenon called emotional contagion. You know, we catch the emotions of the people around us like we catch their cold. Exactly. And when we are experiencing more love, it's, it's impacting our families, our friends, our coworkers, and ultimately the whole world. And so, you know, I think what I'd love to leave everybody with is a Chinese proverb that sums that up. It says, when there is love in the soul, there will be beauty in the person. Mm-hmm. When there is beauty in the person, there will be harmony in the house. When there is harmony in the house, there will be order in the nation. And when there is order in the nation, there will be peace in the world. I love it. Thank and may you. each of us feel that love and light in our souls. Yes. And we thank you so much for writing this book. I absolutely love it. And people can go and re- get the book Love for No Reason, Seven Steps to Creating a Life of Unconditional Love. And Marcy, just give your website and then we're going to go. Absolutely. The website is www.thelovebook.com. I'm going to repeat that, www.thelovebook.com. And I invite you to go there because there are some wonderful free things on there as well, including a whole um, 21-page workbook that includes the exercises that I gave today, plus 12 other amazing exercises. Well, you're an amazing lady, and we are so thrilled that you joined us, and we wish you the very best, and we're going to send you all that love that you're sending out. That's terrific. Oh, well, thank you. I am so delighted to have gotten to talk with you and with everybody listening. May we all live with greater and greater love. Sounds super. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m., right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see our upcoming guests, download archived interviews, download podcasts, and write us about what's concerning you about conflict in your life. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you.